0: Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and this is the Downtime Podcast where we're going to be taking you deeper than ever into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. First up, a quick mention of our supporting partners and the deals they have for you. So many of you have been in touch to ask if We Are One Composites will be back supporting the podcast and when they'll be back, will there be some more great offers for the Downtime listeners? Well, good news. We are one are back for 2023. So if you want to get yourself some of the best quality carbon wheels available, then we've got you covered. We are one are absolutely killing it, making high quality carbon wheels in Kamloops in Canada that strike a perfect balance between stiffness and compliance to give you a ride that's direct, but not punishingly stiff. If you've ever had the chance to see these things in the flesh, then you'll know they sweat the details and that the quality is second to none. Whether you're interested in their brand new convergence wheels, their still very awesome revolution wheels, or their depackaged bar and stem, downtime listeners can get 15% off by using the code February 2023 at the checkout over at weare1composites.com before the 5th of March 2023. That's downtime with a capital D, February with a capital F, followed by the number 2023, no spaces, over at wer one compositescom Don't forget this code must be entered at the final stage of the checkout process on the confirm order page. Fit for Racing is now responsible for the performance management of today's guests, the YT Mob Enduro and Downhill Race Teams, using the same approach to strength and conditioning as used in their brand new app, which is available now on a seven-day free trial on the App Store and Google Play. The app is the only mountain bike-specific fitness app designed to deliver fitness to all levels of rider, from home workout options to full-blown pro programs for enduro, downhill and now cross-country. The fit-for-racing approach means you aren't following the same workouts week in, week out. Variation is key to progress, so each and every week the program is new, with new video demos and updates in the app every Sunday. A downloadable PDF accompanies each program each week. The needs of all mountain bike riders are the same, they only differ in degree. Fitness, therefore, is for every rider, amateur to pro, and with Fit for Racing, you can follow a world-class approach regardless of your current fitness or riding level. The seven-day free trial means you really have no excuse, so you can download the Fit for Racing app now from the App Store or Google Play. Before we get stuck into this week's episode, here are a few ways in which you can support the podcast. Downtime t-shirts, sweatshirts, and hoodies are available over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. If, like me, you've got a soft spot for print, then for just £20 a year, you can subscribe to our biannual mountain bike journal, Downtime EP. It's made in collaboration with the awesome team over at Misspent Summers, who are responsible for Hurley Burley and the World Stage Book, and Downtime EP takes the topics and themes from the podcast and brings them into a stunning print format featuring mountain biking's most talented writers and photographers. You can subscribe over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP. If you want a bit more downtime in your life, you can join my newsletter where I'll send you a bit of behind the scenes info on the podcast, interesting bits and pieces from around the mountain bike world, some mini reviews of products I've been using and like, partner offers and more. You can do that over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. Otherwise, don't forget to follow the podcast so you can make sure you never miss an episode. Do that by hitting the follow button in your podcast app now, or there's buttons to help you do that for all the major platforms over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. If you've done all that, then please give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook too, where we're at Downtime Podcast. All the links you need are in the show notes for this episode over on DowntimePodcast.com. This episode is also supported by YT Industries, and last week they relaunched their team, the YT Mob, and have signed, among others, Jack Moore. If you've seen the launch, you'll realise that they have taken a pretty different approach to other teams, not controlling what components the riders choose, bringing together multiple disciplines and more. I got the chance to sit down with a man behind the team, YT's Head of Sports Marketing, JP Becker, to find out all about it. We also grabbed some time with all the enduro and downhill riders, so we'll hear a bit from Jack Moyer, Casper Woolley, Christian Textor, Shana Hearn and Oshina Callahan. So, without further ado, here's JP Becker and the new YT mob. JP Becker, welcome to the Downtime Podcast. How's things? I'm all right, thank you, Chris. Thanks Good for stuff. having me. Ah, it's a pleasure. You just uh, flown into the UK.
1: Just arrived out of vacation, flying to London, and yeah, now I'm here in Surrey Hills in the Mill.
0: Good stuff. Yeah, big uh, a big event for you, and we'll talk a lot about that um, as we work our way through the episode. But first, it'd be cool to find out like a little bit of your background. Um, but before we even get into that, what is your current job title, and what does that mean?
1: Yeah, I mean. My current title in email says uh, head of sports marketing. And um, yeah, I'm actually sitting in the department of Marcus Flossman. So I think you guys had a lovely chat the other day. Um, so yeah, I'm literally sitting next to him. Um, it's more kind of a strategic department. So um, yeah, that was actually what brought me here today, I think. <laughs>
0: nice. So that's a small team that worked like directly with Marcus on like brand and strategy and marketing stuff. How many of you are in that? It's pretty small, right?
1: Yeah, like we currently, three people plus Marcus. Yeah. Um, So yeah, we we like have a project manager and then we have one guy called Toby taking care of um, the product kind of side. Then we have Andy, who's uh, more brand orientated and it's me like taking care of sports marketing and partnerships. Good stuff. And
0: how would you define what sports marketing actually like entails?
1: That's a good question. I mean, I think everyone defines sports marketing differently. Yeah. Um, sometimes I ask myself uh, what what it really means because, especially in our industry, it's like automatically uh, something with sport, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like quite tough to really say uh, what it or how you can define it. Um, for me, it's literally just working with athletes, right? Um, so I I started four and a half years with YT. Mm-hmm um actually as a social media manager okay and then yeah like uh i was the only person there f- taking care of social media back then and then automatically looked for somebody else uh to help me out um reaching those 1 million followers <laughs> yeah
0: it's a big audience eh? yeah
1: and um actually was yeah happy enough to get isaac on board mm-hmm. um think you guys already had also a kind of an episode yeah, a couple, couple of years ago a couple isaac years Paddock, ago yeah. yeah
0: if anyone wants that we can stick a link in the show notes yeah actually well. yeah.
1: learned learned a couple of uh, things uh, in your <laughs> podcast which was quite funny nice and um yeah then from there i actually yeah just went back and forth with them different responsibilities and now yeah i'm dedicated to deal with athletes and yeah, all the upcoming things we talk about today.
0: Definitely. So where before all that started, like where does your involvement with bikes start? How did
1: you get into that? Oh, I mean, I actually was riding bikes when I was quite younger um, and still had like 650B was quite a big thing. Um, I remember the RockShox Totem was just coming out Um yeah, that was the time where I really was into mountain biking. And uh-huh. then out of a sudden, I was uh, finding myself alone on the trails because all my mates had broken arms and broken, <laughs> broken legs and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah, ended up um, going to the skate park locally and uh, made some friends riding BMX. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah. And then actually ended up in, or yeah, took the road of BMX riding for quite some years and... Um, Always or never stopped uh, thinking about MTB following the scene, watching World Cups, uh, Red Bull Rampage, all of these things. And um, yeah, always looked for a kind of a job with YT. So yeah. actually the fun fact is my first fully was like the YT Norton uh-huh. back then. Yeah. And yeah, it was like, I'm German. So obviously it inspired me to see the history of YT and yeah like seeing everything from scratch basically. Um we yeah, I had a yeah the first bike from YT but then also um I was having a little BMX label um mm-hmm. yeah. and help the fella. A, yeah it was the fella, yeah. right? And yeah, it was literally the same philosophy than YT had. And um it was like yeah looking for young talents mm-hmm. and help them to get into the scene. Um, I felt quite passionate about it, as I felt like that usually it's like, yeah, people have the phone number of someone and they call him to get a sponsorship. But there were some fellas out there who really like, you know, didn't had the money to travel to the next jam or contest. Yeah. Like, couldn't bring their name out because they didn't had a camera or something like that. So it was literally me and my my boys. Like, a, a, I had a friend doing it with me, and yeah, we were. Basically behind the camera, and we just stack clip, clips all day and like try to promote the the guys, and it worked out quite good. And the fun fact was um, before YT, Marcus had a platform which called Sponsory. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know if you heard about
0: it. Yeah, yeah, I have heard a little bit about this. Yeah, yeah, tell us about that.
1: And I mean, today it's it sounds actually quite crazy talking about it because it was a mix out of Facebook, Instagram. And MySpace probably, yeah. But really, like, just for industry people, like, it was a platform where you can really like tell people of like what tricks you can do on a BMX or mountain biking yeah. or whatever. You put your results in on the contest side and all of the, that things, and the sponsors were on that platform as well, and they were actually able to like, uh, yeah, reach out to you and ask you for a sponsorship. And I put like a, a one rider of myself on this platform, so it was the first B mixer, and that's that was the early touching point I had with YT and uh, with Marcus. Okay. And from that beginning on, I never stopped, uh, yeah, following their journey, but also the industry. And yeah. then I've seen the other day like uh, a job posting uh, um, as a social media manager applied and yeah moved actually to the headquarters and. Now I'm here. (laughs) Amazing. So yeah, now you're in this sports marketing
0: role. Um, So tell us a bit about how the YT mob then fits into your role now, because that's kind of why we're all here today.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, in general, as my title says, I'm literally in charge of all the different disciplines at YT. So that means taking care of literally all the athletes, ambassadors, influencers, um, making sure we, yeah, just doing cool shit out there. (laughs) And... um, yeah that's like uh how the mob comes in yeah um most of the people literally know the mob in the past as a dh team um so i actually started around that time where Aaron was leaving Mm -hmm. um and yeah like from there i was more or less involved within the athletes kind of side i think it was more like coming from yeah also social media needs content um always helpful when you work more or less closer with the athletes um to understand what they what their plans are sure and um yeah so that's literally how i how i ended up in that role yeah um like really uh i don't know going from from there like just being being out as a social media manager creating content um yeah, been on the event side, um, but also like obviously having a big interest into working with athletes yeah. and that got me into um today and yeah, also into the mob news. <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah. So you guys kind of took a decision to like step back and almost reboot the mob, I guess to some extent, like re-envisage it. I don't know how you want to phrase it, but like, yeah, tell us a little bit about what it is you're trying to achieve with the mob now, because you're kind of coming back Bigger and different to the way you've approached the whole whitey mob thing in the past, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, like we took a break from our previous team, literally. I think that was what everyone was reading in the media and and press releases and whatnot. But at the end, like for us or for me in my role, was like literally a unique opportunity I I got from yeah uh, the management or from yt um because we literally started from a white paper right we had certain relationships before and mm-hmm. it was quite a good chapter like everyone was stoked about it um, everyone killed it on like doesn't matter if it was someone really like booking the flights or taking care of the athletes bikes being the team manager like we had a quite a qu- quite a good team right and um it was good times for sure. Um, But the company was like, or is still growing like crazy. And we were like, just asking ourselves, like, what is, what does that mean for racing? What does that mean? Like, what is the next step for us? And it was certainly clear that this was a good opportunity to like, um, yeah, start from scratch, Um, take a white paper and just get creative on what it is. And, yeah, we literally realized real quick um, that the mob itself, the name mob is like something which is really fitting to YT still. Uh-huh. And we don't want to change that. Like the mob is the mob, um, but we just extend the the people. We were just asking us why, why we don't open the door for other disciplines, why we shut it into like just a DH program. Uh-huh. Um, so that means, yeah, what you see from now on is like literally – all disciplines within YT, all the athletes ambassadors um, on a certain level are literally riding for the mob. So I think that's a pretty cool um, step, especially what I'm missing within the industry. Mm-hmm. I sometimes feel like we we have so many cool events and diversity within disciplines, but we don't bring them together as a brand. And yeah, that was literally the idea behind it. Yeah, That we go like from... DH into EWS into, yeah, Freeride, um, but also, like, events like Red Bull Hardline or gnarly, right? But we, we want to bring that all together and communicate it. And I think it's also kind of a great way to, yeah, help our customers and followers um, to really, like, follow their interests. Uh-huh. There are probably some people who are more interested into, like, the kind of a story we tell with our roaster or the results um yeah the events and all of that and probably also the diversity rather than like also following the product side mm-hmm. um which gives us yeah different opportunity to communicate as well yeah um so yeah like it's it's been a real mob now <laughs> it's
0: awesome i guess yeah it's super important for a brand for any brand really to have stories to tell right so I guess that's where the mob comes in, right? There's a bunch of amazing athletes doing all sorts of incredible stuff around the world at all these events, creating stories.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I mean that's that's all about it, right? It's about good times. Um and I mean we have so many um of options and opportunities and I mean just uh we see now the the latest move was like um bringing enduro um DH and cross country together. It's like already a kind of a A similar direction, I think, uh, which is quite funny. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. we didn't saw that coming, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like it. Like, it's uh, actually bringing, like, you know, like we, you see some athletes literally risking their life at Rampage, um, but seeing it from tv and seeing it live is something completely different um the same with slope style like Mm -hmm. everyone sees the tricks but no one sees the pressure yeah yeah and i think it's quite interesting also for the roster to mix it up like to bring world cup athletes to a rampage for example to understand how gnarly it is Uh um and yeah like showing respect to each other like still being a kind of a family in between right like having that dialogue about the pressure. I mean, the pressure is probably the same for all of these athletes, but it's like, yeah, completely the opposite when it comes to the discipline. Like yeah, a, totally. a free rider is completely the different a difference from a DH rider. Yeah. But yeah, they probably have some ways to deal with stress or to work out or on nutrition. Um, and yeah, like that's literally, um, I think a pretty... Pretty fair point to say that uh, this is like a kind of a, or fair to say that this is a real mob. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah.
0: So, how have you gone about selecting the riders? Because you've got some athletes that have continued over from previous years working with you guys, but you've also brought some new people on. Like, what are you what are you looking for, and what have you tried to pull together in that roster?
1: Good question. Um, I think the most important thing is the character um doesn't matter essentially on the writers um but in general like there there are a lot of people in yeah within the sports marketing now like team managers mechanics um physios performance coach um, communication guys and i mean like it only works i think when the character is the right fit yeah um these guys are on the road nonstop, you know? So if, if they don't fit together, it doesn't simply work, Mm -hmm. um, for each individual, but at the end also for us as a team. And I mean, like, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's the one, like you really need to look into, like if the, if, if the potential athlete really fits to, I think our DNA and some of them really do. And then of course you look into results and, and other figures, um, but yeah, for me, it's it's essentially to have a story to, to tell. Like that's that what builds the, the character. If I have the feeling of like sitting like, like with somebody like you and kind of a ball or whatever, like having a good dinner and talking about it nonstop, like that's the vibe you want to have with people traveling the world nonstop, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, that's a, essentially the the kind of characteristics you need to bring with Uh doesn't help us when we just put money into like characters to win results. Like I think that's fair to say that that wouldn't be YT. Uh Um, We really like trying or we believe into close relationship within our riders and um, a lot of the staff and the people have friendships um, or build friendships now, um, especially with the team. So yeah. That's that's crucial also to give the athletes a yeah, a good feeling. Good stuff. So can we talk about the lineup? Let's go.
0: Let's do it. Who have we got? Where do you want to start?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we actually come back with EWS team. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will see Jack Moyer, um, Casper nice. Woolley, and Christian Texer in the team. Awesome. And then for the DH kind of side, we also bring Ocean O'Callaghan okay. and uh, Sean Ahern nice. on the roster. Yeah. And, yeah, then we have, of course, from the freeride side, Ethan, for example, um, yeah. Dylan. We saw Dylan doing his rampage thing this year, which was quite crazy. That's very cool, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, we have Fatgo for the slope style part. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like quite a couple of athletes just to throw some names in. Yeah. Um, we will see under the mob flag, literally.
0: Fantastic. Was it hard work pulling all that together? Because that's a real global reach of athletes. And I guess, I mean, guess to some extent that's important, right? You want athletes that are relevant in as many markets across the world as possible as well. Yeah,
1: I'm, I mean, like, of course, it helps when when they are in, in markets which are interested from a sales perspective. I think it's yeah. a bummer if, if you have riders who really like, you know, Representing the flag of YT and then you can't really buy a bike there. That would be a bummer for for all of the fans out there. But yeah, like, um, yeah, I think it's quite an international roster, and that's what, what brings the fun. Like different cultures, different, um, yeah, athletes, different countries. Um, yeah, that's a mob, right? <laughs> yeah, it should be fun. And you've taken a bit of a different
0: approach on a lot of things. We'll talk about a few of them, I guess. Am I right in thinking there's no sponsors other than YT so the team can effectively kind of run whatever componentry they like or if i misunderstood mm,
1: Yeah kind of like okay. i mean that's i think the a kind of a philosophy basically so i asked myself the question of like when i had the white paper in front of me from the brainstorming everything came to like everything every thought was like literally ending with performance Uh-huh Um, because like that's it especially with racing like it doesn't matter like you you need to have a good performance for rampage to be a rampage athlete you need to have a certain performance to get an invite on red bull hardline um and yeah it helps also for dh rider or enduro rider to have a good performance in general but the question to me is like what does it mean to perform good Mm Mm-hmm. Right, I think you automatically these days uh, think a podium is. I mean, a podium is the best performance at the end, but a performance can be also like you coming back from an injury, and you set yourself a goal and you reach that goal. It doesn't matter if it's like a podium, a top ten, a top fifteen, or probably just going into the top thirty as a young talent. Um, So it it really is like, yeah, performance from an athlete kind of side is I think. pretty diverse yeah and it's also our job to to help the athlete to perform as best as possible um so we changed the structure of a typical team let's say okay of like having one guy who's been like really in charge of the whole team being on the road so that's our team manager Mm -hmm. and then we literally created like three kind three groups of people Um, and they all of these three groups have kind of team leads. Uh-huh. So we see like um, Isaac as the communication manager. Um, he's like literally in charge of like the content creators, like photographers, videographers, yeah. dealing with media, making sure that like the communication of the team is like dialed in mm-hmm. and on every channel the same way. Yeah. I think that's pretty important um, because usually like – once you send informations around like people do their best to communicate it but at the end I think it's uh, it helps when you have someone who's really like making sure that the message you want to tell and spread uh, is the same way for sure and it also I believe in two sparing partners so it I think if the team manager is always the go-to person he can only like try his best to sort everything out but once you have like a team lead in between It helps the guys of like really like going on a brainstorming about yeah the next big story or what are the photos great like what angles do we need whatever like uh, what story we want to tell and then yeah we see like a kind of a pretty important role in my eyes it's uh, called the performance manager Uh so we we find that person with uh, Johnny Thompson from Uh Fit for Racing okay yeah so he's like literally the guy who's like really. Um, yeah, taking care of like the like working with the athletes, working on the athletes, mm-hmm. and having a team around him um, who really dives in into um, the details, um, like nutrition. You know, like I can, I always say that like I, I can probably give a check the recommendation of not drinking a beer before a race, <laughs> but I don't know if I'm a good person to you know give advice to yeah, for on sure. nutrition. Yeah, but everybody is different. Um, some people. Are yeah, for them it works out to eat fish. For others, it's like I don't know, like protein and yeah. all these different kind of things. And um I think it's important to have a yeah specialist list around it to really make sure that uh, every individual is like working for their reasons. Mm-hmm. Also in the gym, like of course you can pack uh, as much weight as possible, um, but if that's efficient, I don't know, like there needs to be someone really like looking into these characters and individuals and making sure that we also have a kind of a data approach when it comes to the training plans and whatnot. Yeah. Um. Because that helps us as a brand to also like understand in which direction we need to work. Yeah. Um. The same as from the feeling kind of side, right? I mean, especially with the age there is, yeah, a lot of things I think is like really like from a mental kind of side um, happening. And yeah, from that perspective, it's important to understand what's happening on, what's going on in the in the life of the athlete, yeah. right? Maybe he's struggling with some family th- news um, or whatever. Then it's important for the team to know about that. Um, uh-huh. It's important for the team to understand the routines of wa- warming up, for example, of like, yeah, certain ideas who help the athlete to really like get into the zone right And then we have the third group of people which is um, basically a kind of a race engineer mm-hmm. um, who's been building the yeah the share partner or the sparing partner for um, the mechanics okay So we bring a different person into a cri- into a group of people who are really tech orientated. Um, not to control the mechanics work. It's more like to understand of what we really do there. Okay. Um, I think it's what we've seen with different other teams, like that data is more common now in racing, and obviously helps to make it uh, decisions for sure. So you need someone who really like has the, um, yeah, the understanding of like uh, understand changes on the bike mm-hmm. from a data perspective, yeah. right? Um, I mean, we run a factory team. And it's important for us, like the reason for a factory team is obviously to, yeah, um, make bikes better. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's of course like uh, one big point of like having a responsibility within the race team, um, which helps also the R&D team inside YT to understand what what changes we did um, on certain kind of weather or weight or riding styles Mm -hmm. or courses Tracks and yeah. yeah, like it's like just uh, I think a, a pretty in- interesting uh, person who's like speaking in between both directions. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, like a similar approach. Like I, I probably can tell them what uh, Adley told me. Um, if I can transfer that correctly to an engineer <laughs> i I don't believe in that so Fair. yeah I think it's it's also pretty important to have someone who can speak the same language than an engineer within y t yeah so that helps everyone to to do the right things and and understand the the yeah everything from a tech kind of perspective yeah, and I mean all of those three teams are literally working pretty performance orientated right. Um the team manager's role is like he needs to look into the performance of each individual of course and then yeah i mean the communication area is like looking into likes and shares and views and whatnot the performance guys are obviously looking into um yeah the more kind of details on the athlete mm-hmm. and then we have the techies who are really like looking into yeah the, the data and and the kind of the setups on the bike yeah so it's like a, a kind of a Formula One approach I think like that's at least what what we see there yeah and I was going to
0: say you did a bit of research certainly in putting all this together while you were out at Rampage I think you went to the Austin Grand Prix yeah exactly and spent some time in the pits was it with uh, Aston Martin
1: no it was with uh, Alfa Romeo Alfa actually Romeo, yeah. yeah yeah did um,
0: you did you pick stuff up there like have you found that useful
1: uh, I mean I think most of the Job we're done uh, okay. when we it was more like the proof that of course it's inspiring to to see what these guys are doing but at the end I I realized it's like most of the most of the stuff we do as well in a smaller way within the mountain bike industry yeah um, and in general I think what what brings a difference between downhill or racing in mountain biking and formula one is like literally that those teams understood that they all may need to make the cake bigger mm-hmm. so everyone gets a bigger piece of cake yeah rather than like being scared of like this guy is getting a bigger uh, piece of the cake than me right yeah, yeah yeah um so yeah all of these teams are also quite different but from an outside perspective they are all racing formula one it's like the the biggest uh, the best part of racing you can you can find in the world i think yeah um but yeah they obviously also know how to work together in between like of course once the race start they are fighting against each other in every little position but at the end i think they also behind the doors working pretty close uh between each other and as i think a sport. that's yeah as yeah. a sport right and i mean like this is i think more relevant than ever yeah, like uh, working together, and don't be scared of like someone under- knows something about my team, or I don't know, like something crazy on the technic side. At the end, for us, I think we all we all win out of it when when the sport is getting bigger. Um, yeah,
0: which at the minute is like very appropriate, right? With the move to discovery, like there's a lot of change. There's a lot of things happening but massive potential for the sport to grow, yeah?
1: I think so. Like, I mean, it sounds like it. Um, to be fair, I think um, they also, yeah, working their ass off of like getting everything dialed in. Yeah. And um, of course, like before everything is dialed in, it needs a quite a thought. But if everyone has been like open to work within the rules and give it a chance, I think we can all win. Um, for sure. But, yeah, of course, we will see. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, it's about all of us, like, having that conversation, um, discussions, and, yeah, like, having different group of people, like, helping to grow the sport. Yeah. Right?
0: Cool. So you've got all these, like, sub-teams, I guess, within the mob that we've talked about. And I'm guessing, to some extent, a lot of these people will have been strangers up until now. Like, they probably didn't know each other before they were all part of the, the team or maybe they knew each other a little bit how are you approaching turning a load of strangers into a team slash a mob because that's not straightforward <laughs> right
1: yeah I mean like that's why we're here right yeah. um, so probably all the riders like coming in like each minute um, so we we also try to take a different approach here. So all the athletes are coming together here to the mill in Surrey Mm -hmm. um, to understand basically of what YT stands for. I think this spot here is like quite a unique opportunity. It's like the in-person experience you get as a customer and a follower and whatever, like whatever touching points you have with YT once you step into a mill. You can talk to people. You can drink a coffee. You can share beer. You go out riding. You have good times, mm-hmm. and like this is literally the spirit I wanted to show. Also, the team riders, um, essentially, yeah. Um, and then we send them up to yeah, Johnny's spot. Um, so this to, is a fit for racing, in, yeah. up in Cumbria. Yeah? Exactly, yeah. like they they need to go into a kind of a boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably a bit of a harsher. Uh, Word, but if you ever worked out with Johnny, it's it's fair to say that. Yeah, <laughs> been there once, never again. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to escape all the time I can. Sounds, sounds smart. <laughs> yeah, seems like uh, now the guys are like, yeah, getting dialed in there. And um, I think it's important that all of the, I mean, for every athlete, it's a kind of a nervous uh, story getting into a new chapter. Yeah. So for me, it was important to bring them all together and really like spend a week. Um, in between and in the meanwhile we have the mechanics arriving in the headquarter so they um, first of all understanding yeah yt the yt headquarter and getting to know the people there mm-hmm. and then they packing all the stuff and then we all heating together into test camps um yeah and it's the same thing there like we we have the athletes working out we have the mechanics uh, being at the test camp and Getting to understand our product, riding bikes together, like getting to know each other. Uh-huh. And then we bring like all these different kind of people together step by step. So we have the athletes coming to, to the mechanics, um, to the test camp, like they all know each other then. And then, uh, of course, we bring the media guys in. And we also adapt the idea of like uh, freeriders and slope stylers and kind of in a kind of a team camp Mm -hmm. as well, which is probably quite funny. Yeah.
0: So you're going out to the US kind of after the European based downhill and Enduro, you're going to the US. Yeah, exactly. Like uh,
1: we we have a, um, there's the freeride fiesta happening in Mexico. Oh, nice. So most of the athletes were already there. Like it's the first contest or jam. Yeah um they do so obviously we have an another mill in san Clemente in mm-hmm. california and yeah like it was uh for us uh yeah pretty uh, yeah we we just wanted to bring the, the guys out, out there uh to california obviously the weather is a little bit better <laughs> so yeah we we just spend a week there like doing exciting stuff stacking clips um yeah having good times um getting to know each other we bring some new athletes on the roster as well there so it's also for them um yeah the first touching point with yt yeah um obviously yeah having a mix of like understanding the brand seeing the mill um getting to know each other uh yeah also the you know old athletes old free riders we have on the roster for quite some time and yeah like i think that's that's uh actually also what the mop is about inside yeah will, will
0: we see like the downhill enduro side and the free ride side come together at some point throughout the season have you got plans to try and get everyone in one place or to yeah try and we're actually thinking groups? about it yeah? um
1: we want to do a kind of a global athlete summit so that's in in all our heads for quite some time uh-huh. um i mean with like i think we currently have quite a big roster, so it's a. Uh, it's everyone has different video projects of different sponsors and whatnot. We have a fixed schedule. Um, of course, I think it helps to merge uh, at least downhill and EWS together at some mm-hmm. stage. So that means it's at the easier part to just bring the athletes and uh, the freeriders and the slope stylists to to the roster. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, in general, we want to do that long term. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nice. And and I, everyone's going to want to know. I certainly want to know. Are we likely to see Jack Moore racing any downhill this year?
1: Mm, I think you probably need to ask him. I mean, we maybe he, <laughs> he comes took- in in a in a minute okay. on the other side. Like, I invite you for dinner tonight, so you can ask him <laughs> directly. I, I mean, I think it's a it's a pretty um, yeah interesting movement, isn't it? Like a lot of races actually really like our constant like for them it's racing. Mm. Um and I see a trend of like athletes um being interested into both disciplines. Doesn't matter if you're a downhiller and been interesting into EWS or being a Enduro rider want to race or getting that DH experience. Yeah, yeah. Um like that's the thing these days and I think it helps to merge the stops together. I mean, of course, for us as a brand and as a team, it means uh, more planning, more people. Um, yeah, I think it's obviously also quite a tough job to find a hotel for all of that people. <laughs> um, but, anyways, like it's it it gives I think athletes um, the opportunity if they really like interested into the other sports to like give it a try. Yeah, that's at least what I hope for for this season. Yeah. So, nice. for example, Casper is pretty interested into testing some. DH uh, races this year, yeah, yeah. and um, I believe Jack as well. I mean, he's having a, a history in in DH, but on the other hand, I think he's also feeling pretty welcomed in the enduro scene.
0: It's gone pretty well for him so far. So, yeah, I can see yeah. why he's enjoying himself there. At that point, the athletes arrived, so we thought we'd bring them in and have a little chat. Jack Moyer, welcome back to the Downtime Podcast. It's been a couple of years. A bit <laughs> of water under the bridge since we last chatted. I think it was when you were just starting your enduro career, eh?
2: Yeah, yeah, start of 2020.
0: A lot has happened and uh, another massive change for you, still the same discipline but a very different team and a new brand to work with. Excited?
2: Yeah, super pumped. Yeah, I think last time I was chatting to you I was just trying to, I think I'd just signed the enduro deal and I was just trying to have a good year so I could swap back to a downhill team but (laughs) (laughs) ended up uh, sticking with the enduro and yeah, I've been having heaps of fun. Yeah, and I think um, we're going to sit down at some point later in the season
0: and have a, a bigger in-depth chat, but just a, like a quick chat today. And one of the things that came up in that interview last time we spoke was that I think you'd sort of suffered from having to ride product that maybe didn't suit you, like you didn't get on with. And with this YT setup, you've had the opportunity to to effectively <clears throat> choose a lot of what you ride. How's that been for you? It must be... yeah
2: proposition that was a big factor in my decision to move to yt apart from i just love the brand image and everything i feel like it's just me (laughs) so apart from that being able to choose exactly what i want to run is like it's a dream scenario for any racer i think so yeah yeah definitely stoked with that it's never fun having to ride products that you don't want to or don't feel comfortable just because that's what a team deal has got so it, it just made Makes perfect sense to me, and I'm really excited to just be even just from a marketing like point of view for me to all my followers and fans and stuff. I like just everything they see on my bike is what I want to run and what yeah. I've picked, so it just makes it all genuine, right? Yeah, yeah, you're not having to like promote things you're not into, or
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, very nice on that. Yeah, and have you had as well as like the componentry in the bike side, have you been able to have more say in like Kind of the team infrastructure and the support that you have, like at and away from the races.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I've just we're just kind of meeting with everyone now, and I don't know how anything's run yet because we just met. But from discussions uh, late last year when we were sorting it all out, I yeah just told them a few things that I thought I needed that I didn't have, and uh-huh. um, yeah, hopefully we can make it all happen, and it should just be a bit more. I don't know, a bit less stressful and more comfortable when it, it, you got everything you need yeah. at the races, and you can just focus on just racing.
0: Very nice. And will it be like 100% enduro focus for you this year? Like the the bug seems to have bitten you pretty hard.
2: Yeah, I, uh oh, I, I, don't know. I when I seen Fort William, I was half tempted because <laughs> I always went well, well there, yeah, yeah and I'd, I think I just like the track because it's a bit longer and, um, but also i've got a new bike that i've had barely any time on and we're starting we're starting racing EWSs in a couple months so everything's yeah. just so packed like i just don't think i've got the time to um put in to do some downhill. like i haven't ridden down i haven't ridden me down a since matt maribor in 2020. no way yeah i haven't touched a down and yeah. with all the other stuff i'm trying to work out with trail bikes and the early season starting, I just don't think there's enough time really. Yeah. But um, I was thinking of maybe doing the downhill at Kenmore, which is just a – it's probably one of the biggest races we got in Oz, but uh-huh. it's not a world event. Is that a
0: pre-season
2: thing? Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's coming up. <laughs> I still haven't touched a downhill bike, and that's coming up next month. So we'll <laughs> okay. so we go. I'll just do it for fun probably Yeah. if I've got a downhill bike by then. Awesome. But, um, yeah, it's, I think I'm just too – too flat out for the World Cups at the moment. Fair play. And still gonna be fitting in the Moy
0: Moy T V stuff. There's a lot of fans that will wanna be seeing that.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. I'm man, I'm getting pretty burnt out on it. I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to get a bit more assistance with that so I can get off the tools a bit. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. I've been Oh, the amount of time. I know I listen to Bernard Kerr because I'm like, how the hell does he run a team yeah. on top of training, racing, and then doing the YouTube? And getting results. Yeah, like, he's insane, yeah. man. But um, I always hear him say, oh, it's not even that hard. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I'm just toasted from doing that. But I think he's just got a good setup where he literally uh, – I think he literally just turns the GoPro on and off, and that's his editing, and he puts the clips all together. Whereas yeah. why well, – um, I don't know, I just take a bit longer to edit it and yeah. it just man the amount of time I've put into that the last few years I really need someone with me at the races I think to edit film and just run the YouTube side of things. So yeah. I'm trying to sort that out but we'll see how we go. I'm uh yeah, I'm still walking around with me f- phone camera out at the white <laughs> so, mill here so if anyone's listening and they're into editing films <laughs> yeah well i've i really want to get me boy stagsy because okay yeah we work really well together and just yeah. helped out a heap over the last few years getting the youtube up and running it's just yeah, getting the budget to pay him and fly him around the world's yeah, for a not easy. Eh? Shitty little YouTube channel that I got, like it's nothing big, so it's <laughs> it's, it's growing, though. It's, it's growing, yeah. Like I want to want to invest in it cuz people seem to really love it and yeah, it's been super popular. But yeah, I just need a yeah. I need some assistance. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, for sure. yeah.
0: it was pretty incredible seeing the Moi, Moi TV graffiti at Tweed Valley <laughs> up on the like top yeah. of the
2: hill. Yeah, shout out to the Scottish tagger. Yeah. Good still effort. hasn't been found to this day. Really? We don't know nah. who it was. <laughs> <laughs> we in sent t- him a shirt, yeah. Nice. Good work, man. Well,
0: yeah, we'll have a, a bigger chat at some point during the season, hopefully. But all the best. Hope it goes well. Enjoy the rest of your team camp. And we look forward to seeing you out on the on the trails and uh,
2: hitting it up. Yeah, sounds good, mate. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Chat Jack. to you later.
0: Casper Woolley, welcome to the Downtime Podcast. Yeah. How's things with you? We're doing pretty good. Good. Let's um, Let's talk about injury. I think we can't really... Avoid that, unfortunately. You had a super rough year last year, and take us through it a little bit, and tell us kind of how you're doing now. Because it started off with the Tweed Valley, right?
3: Yeah. So I crashed on the first first stage in Tweed Valley, like day after the pro stage, and ended up like I had to get like they like canceled the stage, and it was kind of like a big ordeal, but ended up not being like too bad like a broken shoulder and stuff, but I healed like pretty quickly. And then I was like training really hard to get back for Whistler. Cause it was like going to be really tight, but it was like doable. And then like 10 days before Whistler, I was just cruising around the pump track with some friends in the evening. And someone literally just like got on the track and like, transferred over into like the wrong direction as I was just like coming around a corner and I just like hit head on at like full speed oh man um so then that one yeah put me out for the rest of the year yeah did you have your jaw like wired shut or something yeah so I fractured the actual like joint Uh at the top of your jaw like kind of close to your ear and so, that one, at first, I didn't really realize that it was, like, they weren't really explaining that it was, like, a bad fracture. Uh-huh. But it turned out that it was, like, almost like an unfixable break. So, I'm actually, Jeez. like, stuck with a... Like, my jaw is dislocated on one side right okay. now. Okay. Yeah. Because, um, like, if they can leave it, it's actually better yeah, than okay. fixing it and yeah. putting a metal in. And then I fractured, like... um it's called the reciprocal condyle. Uh, it was like a grade three. It's like a bone that's actually um, it's actually attached to the bottom of your skull. It's super weird. It's like above your C spine. Yeah, yeah. So it's like somewhere in between your C spine and your head.
0: Insane.
3: Um, there's like two little bones up there, and so I chipped. I just like slightly chipped one of those off yeah which was super lucky because that is like a no-go zone for fractures like right that could have been really bad uh-huh. um so they were like really cautious with that for a while yeah but it um it's kind of turned out to be like not okay. like a, not really had issues with that one yeah, so yeah. that's been pretty lucky like they're saying might have like a pretty stiff neck afterwards or mm-hmm something like that but that one yeah has not really like it bothered me when i started riding again like i found my neck would just get a bit sore like yeah and i just kind of took it easy for a while okay got back yeah yeah brutal you were like having to feed through a straw and no i had to
0: eat through a syringe for seven weeks
3: jeez you must have
0: lost a lot of weight huh or not (laughs) did you manage to get what you needed through that
3: well, I don't got a lot of weight going for to begin with, so there wasn't much to lose, but I probably lost, like, 10 pounds. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't. that was not, like, very fun. Like, it couldn't even – you'd, like, make soup. Or, like, I mean, I wasn't making soup, but my dad was making soup or yeah. something. And then I would – you'd have to, like, put it through a strainer because uh-huh. even just, like, little bits in a soup I couldn't, like, get through. Jeez. So, to, like – Oh, man. But fully recovered now, like back to training, feeling good again? Yeah, like it's taken a long – it's like weird thinking back. Like I feel like because I – maybe because they were so close together, Uh like Scotland to doing that, like it was only like a five-week spread. Like even though I was quite recovered and back on the bike, it wasn't like – it wasn't really back to like 100%. And then with the jaw, I like – couldn't do anything for seven weeks. Yeah. So then I feel like that really put me far back. So I was I was starting from pretty like ground zero when mm-hmm. I was getting back into things. Um and like took it pretty slow because then like there wasn't really much to like rush back to. So yeah. started Yeah, was running a bit and just kinda of getting back in things. But now I'd say I'm like pretty much back to, like, a baseline level. Like, I've had to train, like, I should be improving, like, a lot, (laughs) but actually just, like, training to get to, like, a baseline level. Like, I did, like, all my, like, fitness tests last week, and I was like, all right. I'm like, basically now I'm, like, ready to try and actually, like, make some gains for the season. Yeah,
0: okay. Well, compared to where you were six months ago, I guess, it's, uh, it's a pretty good recovery and a good position to be in. And you've yeah. gone from having Richie Roode as a teammate, um, so now having Jack Moore as a teammate, two of the top riders in the world, for a young rider like you, it must be must be cool to have the opportunity to ride, race and like live alongside these people through a season and, and learn from them, right?
3: Yeah, it was like kinda it was sort of a bummer to not to kind of just miss all last year. Uh-huh. Um, uh, cause I kind of only had like one year, like two years, but really only had one year learned from Richie and, yeah. um, like Jared kind of came in partway through the season in 21 and learned a lot from him. But, um, yeah, it's really cool to now, you know, get the chance to follow Jack and try and maybe learn some stuff from him. Um, I feel like they're quite different in their mm-hmm. like riding style and approach. So for sure feel the pick some stuff up and
0: yeah. yeah and i guess you're more like physically similar to jack would you say or like well, how would you place your style between like richie and jack
3: yeah i guess you could say maybe a bit more similar to jack um he's kind of a bit taller and like yeah i'm like i'm not as tall as him but i'm definitely not a rig like richie so
0: <laughs> awesome good stuff man well it's uh it's gonna be exciting to see how the season goes for you I really hope you have a better run of luck this year and stay healthy and uh, look forward to seeing how you get on. Yeah, thank you. Christian Textor, welcome to the Downtime Podcast. First time. How's things with you? Yeah,
4: thank you for having me. Very excited and uh, yeah, I'm good. Very excited for the things to come.
0: Yeah, a lot. Uh, The start of something pretty special. So you spent some time on on the Bulls team over the last uh, little while and moving into the YT Factory team. How does it feel to have like that level of support and uh, and a brand of this scale behind you?
4: It's it's unreal, really. It's like a dream come true. And it feels like all the work I've put in over the last couple of years, it's been nine years on the Bulls team, first three on the downhill uh-huh. program with Win back in the days. Yeah, that yeah. was a really good time and was my introduction to racing, really. I started racing late, so... Um, and then stayed with them for enduro uh progressed and now um yeah the, this unreal opportunity opened up to me and it's it's really a dream come true and it feels like all the work finally sort of gets uh like valued yeah and yeah very excited for for the things coming nice when when did you find out you're on the team how long ago uh well i'm good friends with one of the with eric Uh Imish, the like engineering writer since day one on yt he's an og (laughs) within the company (laughs) so uh, we're good friends and it's always been like a a talk like oh it'd be fun to be one day and whatnot and now finally the plans came together as yt wanted to do a team Mm -hmm. and have a proper spot for me racing wise and uh so yeah jp approached me by the beginning of the 22 season really and we talked a lot over the season and uh made things stick by the end of the season and here we are
0: very good and you've got some uh some awesome teammates with jack and casper excited to ride alongside those guys
4: yeah definitely i mean i'm Still, I f- still feel like a young racer <laughs> okay. as I'm started late uh, in racing, uh-huh. uh, and there's a lot to learn, still a lot to give. And uh, but I'm also excited to work for the boys as they definitely race at a bit higher level than me. Okay. And uh, I feel like I'm maybe a, a supportive rider in terms of technical things uh-huh. like trying stuff on the bike developing stuff with the engineering and yeah provide that and and find my role there in a the team maybe and yeah i hope to like just have everyone um rise to the best level yeah sort of and try to push everyone in that direction to have really good times and and
0: uh just deliver their very best very nice. Yeah, I'd heard you're quite an analytical person um, and you're off testing Yeah. after this. So I think you've got a week in the UK um, getting to know each other and doing some performance-based stuff and then you're, you're heading out to, to Italy to get some testing done. Yeah. Are there particular things that you're looking forward to trying out there as a more kind of analytical rider? Is there a list of stuff you want to go and tick off? Mm, I think as it's all new, like new bike, new
4: everything, uh-huh. uh, it really comes down to just spend a lot of time on the bike trying all the stuff you can try but you have to do it once at a time and not change everything at one moment so you get a feel for what change brings you what sensation Mm -hmm. on the bike and it's from having all the options within the bike which is great like having the option of different chainstays different wheel size and rear Mm -hmm. like the MX versus 29 and then coil versus air and as it's a new bike like on the old bike i rode i sort of finalized the bike over like four years um to its very best potentially self yeah (laughs) and now we start from scratch and uh yeah we're trying to to get everything out of the bike long term so we start now and we try and go just step by step and see what we can achieve and then
0: yeah work from there yeah and you're not constrained to like a specific brand for various (coughs) bits and bobs like suspension or whatever so you've got that almost the whole world of mountain biking to go and choose from but that doesn't make it an easy challenge right there's a lot a lot to potentially change yeah
4: Yeah, it's not easy at, at all um and i think everyone comes from a different base, sort of, and yeah. you have stuff you're familiar with, you have stuff you're happy with. And I think it's always a bit of how a rider is as a character in terms of like some people like this suspension, some like the other suspension. Most of them work great, yeah, and most of them won races, yeah. So, um, it's whatever you feel good on and you're happy with, and uh, it's great to have this opportunity like that blank page. <laughs> pick whatever you want. Yeah. Um but I think we all sort of tend to stick with what we were happy with mm-hmm. and maybe start change the stuff we we see a chance to to improve. Yeah. And as I said it's uh like day 0 now and we just start and I think even throughout the season or after the season you have a way better idea of the bike and a way better understanding. Yeah. And that's where you might be like, "Oh, I know I want to
0: try this for the winter and for the following season stuff. Yeah, a long project then, really. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. It's exciting. Yeah, day zero. Looking forward to seeing how the season pans out. hope it treats you well. Thank you. uh, We'll see you at the races. Thank you. Shana Hearn, welcome onto the Downtime Podcast. Good day. How's life? You travelled into the UK from the uh, Australia yeah, last night. Right? Yeah,
5: big long haul. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty long travel day. Yeah, yeah, it was good.
0: Nice. And how's it been having a look around uh, the YT Mills? Yeah,
5: so good. Like I've been riding for YT for a year now, so it was really nice to kind of see everything behind the scenes and. Yeah, kind of have a look around the showroom, which was sick.
0: Is that the first time you've been yeah. to one of the mills?
5: first time, yeah. Nice. So rad. Yeah, it's cool to see a bit more behind the brand and yeah. know, the bikes and everything.
0: Definitely. What bikes have you got back at home?
5: Um, I've got a pretty big fleet. The Decoy, the e-bike, yeah. um, Izzo, uh, Capra, Chuez and Dirt Love. So <laughs> nice. pretty good fleet of bikes. you so, yeah, you've done all right sick. there. Yeah, not so good, like mix-up training and stuff. So cool. it's good fun.
0: Yeah. And you've been doing a lot of work in like strength and conditioning coaching over the last...
5: Yeah. A couple
0: of years. Uh,
5: Yeah, I had my own business for a little while. Uh Um, Yeah, doing mountain bike coaching and strength and conditioning stuff on the side, which was cool. But yeah, now like going back to full time racing. So just put it on hold for a little while.
0: Yeah. How are you feeling about spending some time with Johnny Thompson this weekend, (laughs) your uh, performance lead for the team? Yeah,
5: he reckons to say that I've had, uh, I've met him for 10 minutes and I feel stronger already. (laughs) 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 No. No, he's, uh, I'm really excited to learn from him and yeah, just see how he works and yeah, work together properly for the year.
0: Yeah. And uh, a week with Johnny with jet lag kicking in somewhere in between. I don't know, it's
5: going to be pretty brutal, (laughs) a little assassin, but yeah, it'll be good.
0: (laughs) Nice. And 2019 was your last World Cup season, right? Yeah,
5: yeah. I stopped, Snowshoe was my last World Cup that year and I finished on sixth place in elite women, so that was good. But yeah, just happy for a break the last three years Uh and just kind of. Got back and figured out what I really wanted to do. So yeah. I'm pretty thankful to have had a break and now come back to it will be pretty exciting. Yeah, and
0: this is your first time of like full kind of factory support. Definitely. Yeah? I've been
5: a privateer since so well yeah, since when I started. So it was really like really cool to be able to do that this year and see what it's like on the other side of it.
0: Yeah, that must be well <laughs> exciting to have that opportunity. Yeah, right? I'm
5: pumped. Like yeah, regardless how everything goes, it's just gonna be a good year and a good experience. So yeah. I'm very excited.
0: But I guess a lot's kinda a lot's changed, right? Especially in the women's side of the sport. Like things are progressing at a fair rate. Great.
5: definitely and I think like yeah like I know a lot of the girls which will be really good so I can't see myself feeling too uncomfortable there and yeah it'll be just yeah exciting so I'm really pumped yeah. for the whole year ahead cool
0: and have you had the chance to speak to any of the riders do you know them well enough to kind of keep in touch about um, how yeah, it's going a
5: few of the girls we I speak to pretty often yeah. um but yeah I'm, I'm pretty excited just to see everyone again it's been quite a long time
0: <laughs> awesome well yeah looking forward to it I hope it goes well for you thank and, you uh, yeah we'll have to have a chat later in the season when definitely. some races have unfolded yes
5: see how it's all going but yeah it'll be good because I'm going over to do some I access cups earlier in the year and just basing myself overseas for seven months. So be a long time away from home, but I would rather just that and stay here the whole time. And yeah, just enjoy the process, I guess, and going all in. Lots of time on different tracks, and yeah, it'd be really good. Yeah,
0: and a good crew around you as well. Definitely,
5: yeah, best team. (laughs) It's so good.
0: Nice one. Well, best of luck for the season, Sean. Thank you. Oh, Shino Callahan. Yeah, how's it going, man? Not too bad, you. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. And uh, I'm guessing you've been to the Whitey Mill before. This isn't a first view, is it? Or
6: um, This is actually my first time at the Surrey Mill. I've is been it? to the HQ a few times, but this is my first time here. Cool ah. to see some of my stuff up on the walls and
0: stuff. Yeah, you've got your World Champs bike down there, and, yeah. uh, looking resplendent on the wall in gold.
6: <laughs> yeah, and a few jerseys as well, which is yeah. cool to
0: see. Wicked. And uh, how's things injury-wise? Because last time I saw you, you had that wrist injury from Andorra.
6: Yeah. So everything's, like, fully recovered now. If everything, like, if World Champs was two weeks later, I would have been able to race that fine. It was just okay. a small bit too soon to be coming back, and everything was just a bit getting inflamed. But, like, my collarbone, wrist, everything
0: is back to normal now, and nice. I'm back riding the way I should be. Sweet. So you've had a good off-season, and you've not really lost any time. Yeah.
6: To be honest, it was like almost, it'd been so long since I got an injury, it was like a clean sheet again, it was like starting from scratch, so yeah. I'm excited to get everything
0: underway again. Wicked, I saw you uh, out riding with Ronan Dunn the other week, Yeah, we sending some pretty big
6: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've been riding a good bit this winter, which is good, because he only lives like two hours away, and okay. yeah, it's good to ride with another fellow Irish person that's, like both of us are trying to push
0: to the top, and I think it's going to help both of us to reach that next level yeah I was going to say it must be nice to have another fast Irish rider what's yeah. the scene like out there these days is it growing
6: yeah definitely in the last like 3-4 years it's started getting a lot bigger mm-hmm. and the amount of kids we're starting to see coming up now in the local bike parks local trailheads is like like the skill is definitely a lot like more respectable than what it was when we were growing up and yeah. the scene is massive like the kids you see on bikes now they're everywhere cool while when i was growing up it was just a few of us and
0: it's cool to see yeah well it's NHU and it's you and ronan and people like that that are yeah. inspiring it so that's super cool and how, how does it feel to have like more people on the mob this year because last year like it was kind of a bit of a pared back sort of thing in that like interim year and now yeah. you've got this full team you've got everyone around like it must feel good
6: Yeah, so it's kind of coming back to the way it was before with the mob being, you could say, one of the biggest teams on the race circuit, Mm -hmm. which is what I like. Like, I like the kind of being part of a big team because you have the team behind you, you just have trust in everyone. So this year, it's like, I'm excited to get everything underway, like getting the injury at the end of last season out of the way and starting to like push into my second year elite and hopefully push out some good results.
0: Yeah, and some more team infrastructure around you as well, like... Like, more mechanics, more yeah. staff. Like. It should be,
6: everything should go well.
0: Yeah, and nice to hang out with the EWS team as well. Yeah,
6: that's. I'm excited about that, hanging out with Jack Meyer, a new teammate. I've uh, looked up to Jack for the last few years, like, before I raced junior, and yeah, it's cool to see him as a teammate now.
0: Yeah, awesome. And will we see you uh, hitting any EWS races, do you think?
6: Um, I'm not too sure. It's something that I might look into, but okay. at the moment... I'm just going to stick to downhill and see how that goes.
0: Wicked. Nice one, man. Well, I hope it goes well for you. We'll be watching from the sidelines and yeah, hope you have a good season. Cheers. That's it from the athletes. Let's get back to the conversation with JP. So how big is the team in its entirety then? If you factor in like the media crew, the performance crew, the sort of technical crew and the athletes, like that's Uh, getting into a huge staff.
1: Yeah, I think roughly 15 people. Okay. Like if we travel with like, you know, team managers, everyone involved. Yeah. Um, of course, I think it's uh, also healthy to keep the balance. Mm-hmm. Um, too much people are sometimes also hard to to navigate. Um, But yeah, roughly, I think a minimum of, of people are 10. Yeah. 10 to 15, I would say. Fair.
0: So not cheap. What What's brought the kind of, I guess, the decision to go heavier into the enduro side? Because you've had some limited presence within the like enduro world up until now but this is a you know getting riders like christian casper and, and jack in you, you've gone pretty hard
1: yeah for sure i mean like that's also i think what yt as a brand stands for right we wanted to to come back to that days where we ended with with uh Aaron, basically i think like that was a kind of a historical couple of years with yt and Um, On the other side, like, we were pretty interested, or we all uh, pretty interested into enduro racing. I mean, to me, it's, like, probably the most exciting discipline within our sport um, because you and me, we can sign up for a race uh, probably this season. Um, And, I mean, that's what we... Like, we've seen Marcus and Sam uh, going out with the guys here from Surrey Hills and, I think, Art Rock last year. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like tell me one sport where you've been able to ride the same trail um as your heroes and then compare the time split by split it's pretty cool i mean that's that's crazy like everyone from other sport wishes to have that opportunity and i mean for us we we had a not really a big presence i think we had uh, luckily some yeah, YT customers who were racing on our bikes, so that yeah. that's fair to say that they keep kept the flag high of YT uh, doing sure. that races, and yeah, I think like that's uh, obviously for us. Um, we we got a new Capra, so that needs to get proved on the world stage, right? And yeah, then we also following up with DH, long term, right? That's uh the next thing. But yeah, yeah at the moment, it's also pretty interesting um i think from from a general perspective of the sport and how everything gonna go um it creates of course a financial impact as well like for us as a brand of what we're gonna do next um maybe they come up with races in japan or whatever or colombia um i think that's what really like takes a big impact or will take a big impact if that's gonna happen yeah um I mean, if we right now, we have a lot of races within Europe. So I believe that other brands or in general, the sport will see like more kind of a Formula One approach. So mm-hmm. that means like big trucks and um, yeah, kind of also creating a more kind of an experience for people outside of the sport, right? Okay. If you go to Leogang, the whole village is like full of bike riders. So obviously that means I think for us as a, yeah, as, companies who, who who run teams to also entertain those people to make the sport as excited as it gets um because yeah they telling their their friends they're spreading the word and um yeah i mean like i i'm not sure if that's going to happen once you 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 spread it around the world um at least that's an outcome from formula 1 like <laughs> they have three teams which are literally the same stuff same products everything is set the same way uh, but it's around like storage around the globe yeah um ready to go yeah, yeah it's crazy and uh I mean like to accomplish that takes a long road um but I think right now it's been good to to yeah have more experience within the races in Europe yeah. and of course like in the US and whatnot um that's like yeah pretty important to keep the balance there
0: Nice. So, have you have you gone it like all in on sort of infrastructure and trucks and stuff, or is that something that we'll see more of as as you get further through the mob?
1: Um, I mean, like I think it's a it's definitely an ongoing process for us. Like, it's nothing we we are not relaunching a a mob and then that's it for the next couple of years. Like for us, it's a factory program. Like, I think that's the outcome, right? For us, it was important that we. Want to approach or go the direction into a factory program. And of course, that means that uh, our presence is important. So that means we invest into like, yeah, pits and trucks Mm -hmm. and sprinters and vans and whatnot um, to make sure that our team itself runs smooth. Like, of course, um, I think that's what every brand does more or less. Um, But yeah, from a logistical standpoint, I mean, yeah, we we believe into that performance aspect. So that's also long term. Mean that I think it's been interesting to ask yourself the question like, what does that mean for like bike parts? Like, I, th- I feel like a lot of athletes can probably take a better performance with like when when you give them the flexibility of choosing their product. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that would mean uh, yeah a lot of of logistical. Stuff we we need to take around uh, Europe, basically. Yeah. Interesting.
0: So is that what that is? What's happening? And the riders are able to choose the componentry that they want. Let's to Let's say run. that
1: this is a kind of a vision. Okay. Um, I I would like if you ask me for my vision, I think if we want to like if we want to go more closer to Formula One. Yeah. I think you need to give or, or bring a more of a kind of flexibility uh, when it comes to parts um, mm-hmm. to the. To athletes itself um, because at the end everyone has his preferences everyone does good products yeah um, and I think like it's it's yeah sometimes especially when you develop new parts it's like uh, creating an impact on the athletes performance right yeah and I think from a standpoint where we are at the moment it's like a kind of an invest we take for yeah good riders mm-hmm. um, of course making our product better But that means we also want to give them a kind of a diversity when it comes to their parts. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's also pretty fair to say that every athlete has a kind of a preference already. Yeah, Like, I don't know what you run on your bike, but uh, it will be probably some one or the other brand you said you get you get used to things right yeah for exactly sure. yeah you build um, a loyalty
0: to a brand as well I guess. yeah but i yeah. mean
1: like there are a bunch of athletes out there we didn't seen changing suspension sponsors for example yeah like imagine they would be doing a like they don't even know if they can perform better on a different suspension because they never tested it in their life yeah but imagine they would like that would be bringing some extra sauce <laughs> into the racing pot.
0: true but it makes the finances of the team more challenging right because like of a course, lot yeah. of these brands are putting substantial amounts of money into the team which helps fund the team because teams are an expensive project so 100 if yeah. it's just a yt funded thing that's it's a very i guess a different business model for the team to the way a lot yeah
1: of- i mean like it's it's probably not really that that you like i mean the sponsors obviously also pay pay the bill at the end yeah but um i think they not pill- uh, paying all the bills <laughs> no not all of so uh, of course it's a it's a kind of a bold move but i think if you if you really want to yeah bring your vision alive it's worth giving it a try and that's what i mean like was like it's a kind of a gift of like getting a white paper and think about it um because we we are not really into a kind of a Let's say, uh, yeah, we are not in a political situation, right? We changed our product portfolio a couple of years ago into like these core bikes mm-hmm. and the uh, live on cage bike or uncaged bikes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you see quite a lot of different setups within our website. So obviously, that means we we have all our preferences. I think from an individual kind of side, but from a brand kind of side, we are pretty diverse. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just ask myself why why we should like reduce the athletes to one or the other sponsor without saying that they do a terrible job or that I don't wanna be in touch with them. Yeah, like yeah. I think it's been crucial to like share assets um, and you know help to push each other on on social and all these different tools we we are able to do mm-hmm. to push each other. Like that brings the sport or makes the sport better yeah. and bigger. Um but it, yeah, it doesn't mean that I need to risk a kind of, yeah, my investment or my athlete in his performance. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, I think of course testing a World Cup uh, a product on a World Cup stage is probably, yeah, the most important thing for for most of those um, companies. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, like for me as a as someone who runs a team, it uh, also means like. Sometimes it it works out good that the athletes are really faster. Um, but sometimes it also means a kind of a risk. So I think like it's like just something we wanna we wanna give it a try. But I can tell you like for next year, most of the riders are um, making their decision. Like of course it also I think this opportunity itself to really pick your parts on your bike also like drives every every rider or some riders crazy because like <laughs> yeah. they're not used to it yeah but that's like a interesting journey um definitely and i think yeah everyone's like having their preferences as i said and that's what we're gonna see like there won't be any big changes right mm. there there are not any new suspension companies out there you don't know about yeah, so yeah. <laughs> of course yeah. like everyone will be like more or less riding a bike you've seen in one or the other way uh within yeah, racing or yeah. on the trails. But I think that also fits into the philosophy of like having access to endure racing itself as a privateer, as mm-hmm. you and me, right? Your bike is probably not looking like, like a serious bike or stock. You have your own preference. Definitely. So you change yeah. your bike, you change your suspension, you change your wheels, your yeah. tires. Whatever makes you being faster on the trail and or I think
0: or feel better about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: and yeah, I mean like at the end like that's the thing um I think that that was like where we start and um luckily we have great partners um who really like yeah under like help us on on that vision yeah and I think also as a part company, you have nothing to lose like as I said, everyone's been like having like killing it was like new technologies and all that kind of stuff so it really makes it more harder to pick the product i think and it means a lot of more testing yeah um rather than like you know um this is a bad brand so we can't choose it mm-hmm. like i i mean that's not about it it's more like giving the rider the flexibility um to choose the products based on their performance yeah and you will see like that most of the riders are already pretty Piggy on what Diw- they... Dialed yeah. into what yeah, they exactly. want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, that makes total sense. What about um, clothing? Because I think the mob, certainly the downhill side, had, I think, their own, like, YT-branded stuff last yeah. year. Is there Are there plans to kit everyone out in YT-designed uh, product?
1: Yeah, you're right. Like, that's uh, definitely uh, what I can say, like, that we give us a chance of, like, yeah, doing some closing, being part of the kind of a clothing side. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crucial to ride your bike, so it makes sense to yeah. have that as a as a brand. And um, we will see our riders like riding on on our own clothing. Not really to like kind of push it firsthand. Yeah. Um, but obviously it's a good product and we also want to adapt that kind of individual individual sort into the yeah into the closing part right yeah. um i th- i sometimes have a hard time like really understanding who passed me now because all <laughs> these guys are so fast so i was like okay it's like that kid it was like this rider from that brand and this team but yeah. i i sometimes really have a hard time understanding exactly uh, was it a b or c yeah yeah and yeah. i think once you give the riders the opportunity to like work individually with with us mm-hmm. on on their kind of jerseys pens and yeah. whatnot it helps uh, first of all it's super fun yeah we have a super sick uh art department like yeah they are really very talented yeah art department. i mean they're they're working great like they are so creative like I mean, it would be a shame of like um, not doing, like not using that opportunity they yeah. they give us and give, like use that creativity there. But also, these guys are like open the door and invite the athletes to work together on like one or the other project. So that's also entertaining for, for the fans and, yeah, for everyone. And, like, is is a bit more – brings a bit more of a freshness within the races.
0: Yeah, definitely. So will that kit, like, be consistent to a rider throughout the season or will we see it change as the season evolves? We will evolves? see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and what about bikes? Are they doing the same with that then? We'll see, like, individually designed, like, paint jobs and stuff or
1: – Yeah, I mean, like uh, – Again, like for us, it's a, it's crucial to have these individuals stand out. Yeah. So we give the riders uh, the opportunity on certain points to really like work close o- with us on their vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, you will see kind of a colored year of the Mob in in Enduro Racing.
0: <laughs> Excellent. I'm looking forward to it.
1: So what? Yeah. What are your
0: like hopes and dreams for year one of the new version of the Mob? Because it's obviously it's been a big project, a lot of work behind the scenes over a long period of time. What are you hoping for?
1: Well, I should probably say, tell you some results now, um, <laughs> but I'm I'm not that type of person. For okay. me, it's really important to like, um, like my goal for this year is like to have the team working together as a real team. Yeah, yeah. And not just uh, telling everyone it's a team, but actually it's not inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's uh, what you can see like as the like now in the first couple of weeks we have in this year, like we already st- taking it really serious of, like, bringing the riders all together, like having the staff joining and, yeah. you know, like doing certain um, workshops together. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, again, like I think it uh, if you're on the road with your friends, it makes you m- more fun than being on a business trip, right? For sure. So that's the goal, actually, for this year.
0: Excellent. I'm yeah. looking forward to it, man. It sounds like it's going to be an exciting year. It's cool to see the mob back in a bigger better louder <laughs> by the sounds of it format <laughs> and looking forward to seeing how it changes over the years so yeah thanks for taking the time to sit down and, and have a chat about it yeah cheers nice, much appreciated thank thanks, you man. all right that's it for this episode with jp and the yt mobs enduro and downhill athletes i really hope you enjoyed it and a big thanks to yt for supporting this episode if you want to find out more then you can head to yt-mob.com also thanks to fit For racing the team behind the performance of the YT mob for 2023. fit For racing have the only mountain bike-specific fitness app designed to deliver fitness to all levels of rider, from home workout options to full-blown pro programs for enduro, downhill and cross-country. The app is available now as a free seven-day trial on both the App Store and Google Play. Also thank you to WR1 Composites. If you want 15% off any of their awesome wheel sets or their depackaged bar and stem, then as a downtime listener, you can enter the code downtime february 2023 at the checkout over on wr1composites.com. That's downtime with a capital D, february with a capital F, followed by the number 2023 with no spaces over at wer one compositescom Don't forget the code must be entered at the final stage of the checkout process on the confirm order page. There's a lot more awesome content coming your way over the course of 2023 so make sure that you're following the podcast by hitting that button in your podcast app or head into downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. You can also get a bit of extra downtime by signing up for our newsletter at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. If you want to support the show, you can do that by telling your friends about the show, sharing the podcast on your social media, grabbing yourself some merch at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop, subscribing to our biannual mountain bike journal, Downtime EP at downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP, or by leaving us a short review over on Apple Podcasts. All right, that's it for today. We're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until next time, get out and ride.